Hello, it's Rafaela here from ThreadUp. I continue to support the creative community through this crisis with all sessions now on video and phone calls. For details, please check threadup.co.uk. You can also find details of free check-ins I offer on my Twitter at threadup underscore and on Instagram and Facebook at threadup. Please share this. Somebody out there might need it. Stay safe and let's get through it together. Psychomedy Daily Dose, the spin-off series of short episodes of Psychomedy during this time of near total shutdown of a live comedy circuit due to coronavirus. I'm Nathan Cassidy, stand-up comedian and Bachelor of Science in Psychology, and every day now I'm going to be talking with a different comedian about the current situation, along with passing on some hopefully really helpful and positive strategies, coping mechanisms from the counselling professionals we partner with at threadup.co.uk. I'm hoping that by sharing experiences and some positivity with comedians, we can all get through this together in the best possible way. Joining me on the Psychomedy Daily Dose today, it's Murray Lachlan Young. Murray, hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Nathan. Um, yeah, I'm just here in southwest London, um, you know, enjoying the beautiful weather and oh. um, the, the the air clarity has been just been something I'm. I'm really trying to uh, be grateful for because it may be, you know, who knows, who knows when we'll get this opportunity to uh, have such clean air again. Yes, I'm told that at night you can see things that you've never seen before, like satellites and things like that. So I'm going to try and do that tonight, actually. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about satellites. I mean, whether it's, um, I've also heard uh, that Elon Musk is uh, putting a swarm of 5G satellites up into the sky at the moment as well. Um, and everyone's wondering whether it's that or it's the Nazi space program or it's the <laughs> just or it's just satellites, you know. Yes. Yes. So what is your what is your lockdown situation? Are you with people? I'm with my girlfriend, Marie, um, very luckily. Um, mm, nice. And so that's that's really nice. And then I'm, I'm pretty central London. So I've got Hyde Park, which is nice. And I can get down to the river as well, which is which is nice. Um, and so I, I feel for a central um, uh, city dweller I feel I'm very grateful for for the situation I'm in I, yeah but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm, I'm and, and grateful and I'm trying not to be I'm trying not to be low vibrational about it you know I'm trying yeah. not to go around feeling faintly afraid or or, or weirded out by the whole thing um, and uh, um, so so I'm just trying to keep my energy up and I'm trying to smile at people um, mm. and often because we're wearing masks you can't tell whether they're smiling back <laughs> but, uh, um, I got shouted at the other day. Um, uh, what else? So I'm, I'm working on a series of stuff with. I'm doing a lot of recording projects. So I've, I'm working with Paul Hartnell from Orbital. Yeah. And we've, we're, we're doing our virus diaries, and we've come up with a few um, uh, different uh, scenarios, which we're playing on BBC Six Music every week. Um, where I'm the resident poet, and that's been great working with Paul because we went to school together and, and mm. haven't really seen each other. We've seen each other on and off over the past, however long Orbital have been huge, um, and and it's just nice. It's nice to hang out with with him, um, and not an awful lot's changed from when we hung out when we were at school. Um, so I've been doing that. Also been doing a kind of surreal prog punk album with a guy called Lou Edmonds, who's um, he's the guitar player from. Uh, Public Image Limited, 
mm. and he's he was the original member of the Damned and various other things. We're doing a sort of surrealist uh, um, uh, album of of poetry put to music. Um, he plays uh, Eastern instruments. He plays the chimbush, and media likes novelty, of course, as do comedy audiences and as do people. We like we like the new, mm. and that's I think interesting enough. It's you know funny. It's called the novel coronavirus as well you know it's been a very novel experience and and i think that's why the media has been you know despite obviously it's it's tonal angle it's been mm. loving every moment of it as an entity because it's just a constant uh, revelation of novelty yeah nice you i guess you've been prepared to a certain extent to this pandemic having done loads of kind of visual stuff you know obviously i mean the last time i saw you were doing live work with marcel leconte at uh, cabaret fantastique but then you're a writer and radio and that kind of thing so have you made the switch easily i see you've i see you're working on a new theater show after your mystery of Ravelsham mumps huge success congratulations on the award nominations by the way Oh, thanks very much. Yeah, well, that that was um, yeah. We were about to start touring that again, mm. the, the Mystery Radelsham Mumps, which is the the Gothic um, epic uh, verse poem for children, dramatised, um, but directed by Nina Hajiani and um, including an actor called Joe Allen, who is absolutely brilliant, um, a fantastic comic, uh, a clown, a brilliant clown. So mm. we do quite a lot of clowning on stage, which was a really nice skill to re-engage with. Um, and, and, and learn a lot more about actually the, the language of, uh, of visual comedy. Mm. Um, and, and we were, and all of those have been canceled and our autumn tour has been canceled and our late spring tour and summer tour has been canceled and all my festival gigs have been canceled. Um, but I had a slate, you know, of writing, which, you know, I think most writers who perform are probably the same is, you know, that you, that you love getting out of the ro- on the road until you've been out on the road too long and then you're desperate to go home and, and self-isolate and, and <laughs> write. But, but the more successful you are on the road, the less time you have to write. And I think that's the same for pop bands as well and also gigging comedians. Um, and, you know, you feel like it, it's, it's difficult when... I mean, I'm not saying I'm hot but or the show's hot, but it was getting interest and it was touring. Mm. But, I mean, I can imagine it, that if well, one were a, a sort of... Uh, a big hit new name comedian on the road mm. it's very hard to stop i think well because it feels like you know because there's there's so many people coming and going in that market mm. um it feels like you've got to sort of make hay while the sun shines to many um in, to much extent but the problem with that of course is that um as i say that that you get stuck on the road and not that many people are great at writing on the road um i, I can do it in I can't do proper joined up writing. I can do short pieces, but I can't do a big theory on the road to actually find headspace for writing in that is very, is very difficult. So for me to be actually put in my chair at home um, and, and now you've got to start writing. It's been great. And so I've been just been doing a, uh, um, a zoom development um, with actors and a director and various, and and a show designer um, for three days last week on my new piece, which is a family show based on a, it's a sort of Grimm's type uh, fairy tale um, thing. Mm. And, um, and so that, to, to, and then having all the feedback from the brilliant people I was working with, um, it was just a real joy to do. And so it's very, very interesting actually that was finding out that um, 
when this is over, there's all the stuff that's been cancelled. Then there's the big shows, theatre shows and, you know, some other shows, music shows that have got so much infrastructure attached to them. They just simply can't stay upright um, to be able to tour in the autumn now. So there's going to be a hole in theatres. And it strikes me that the people who can naturally fill that were going to be quick on their feet, stand up comedians. So, I mean, because, you know, if you've got a show, it's up and running, it's ready. You can do it in this lockdown period. You can get it rehearsed, maybe with Zoom with, if you have people working with you, Mm. there's going to be a lot of vacancies in theatres for, for shows and to get people to come in vans with sets and scenery and or roadies and, you know, all of the stuff that, that bigger productions need. Um, and the lightest people on their feet are going to be speakers and they can be the you know, lecturers or post, you know, sort of Ted talky type of things, uh, comedians or whoever. Mm. And I think alternative comedy or comedy has got the bandwidth to fill that because there just are so many comedians out there. And so there might be an opportunity, I think, coming up in the next uh, six months for people to make names for themselves by by touring um, at short notice. Yes, well, let's, let's hope people come. Yeah, it is It is a strange business and, and, and whether people will regain their confidence in it. And mm-hmm. I mean, I suppose you see you see all of the stuff, you know, people say, well, you know, at a, I was just, interestingly enough, I was just reading a piece by um, Professor Ronald Hutton, who is the head of English at Bristol University, really amazing writer, and just, just read anything that he's written. And he's just so, he's so brilliant mm. in the way he describes stuff. And he was doing... Um, he, he's written a piece for the Idler magazine called uh, uh, Lockdown in Tudor, England. And, and he was saying, you know, pandemics were just, you know, every gen- at least once in a generation, um, a pandemic came and wiped out a quarter of the population. And, and often, and it, often they, they would double peak and uh, everyone yeah. got locked down. But it was saying the interesting thing, that came, sort of the, the takeaway that came from it, was that it must be a factor in it that these that, that were the theatre companies would say would they they would stockpile cash because they knew a pandemic was coming and then they would in, they would go away in the pandemic and everybody would write and you would have these brilliant new plays coming out by the likes of William Shakespeare and Marlowe mm. um, and uh, and as a result of which you ended up with some of the the golden age of, of writing in 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 British literature and theatre. Mm. So whether it was anything directly to do with the pandemics, but it certainly paid, played a part, he was saying. And so I feel that this will definitely, um, because it's asking so many questions and it's providing parameters as well. It's not just saying write about anything. It's saying, here we are, look at your material. Is mm. it tonally where it's at? What is the new tone? What should we be talking about? Who's mm. going to talk about what? What are they going to say and how are they going to say it? And mm. who's going to be interested in what? I mean, I was thinking, you know, I reckon lots of films are just going to go back to the 80s and stuff like that. People are just going to want to, you know, go back to periods where they sort of remember the last time everyone was supposed to all be having a good time together or something <laughs> like that. Um, I think all of these zombie horror 
you know, pandemic, post-apocalyptic, uh, uh, <laughs> all of that sort of dystopian stuff is going to go out of the window, I reckon, because nobody's yeah. going to want to watch it. That's now, so that's now that, real life, yeah. Yeah, so, so why would you want to feel, feel like, oh, yes, it, it's like this at the moment, but it could be, it could be really shit. <laughs> it could be zombies going around flesh-eating and, you know, awful crap. Um, so I don't think people are going to want that. So, I mean, that's just an illustration of the way that the, the tonal changes uh, mm. have got to happen as a result of this. You know, going back to comedy, which is not, you know, specifically my area. I mean, I suppose I'm a, I'm a, a poet who's kind of a bit funny sometimes and really funny very occasionally. <laughs> and, you know, I have done sort of stuff in comedy clubs because I'm, I'm interested in, in that world and I'm interested in the dynamic of comedy clubs and what, what goes on in there. Mm. And there's obviously, there's, there's a huge spectrum of different acts, but there is the, the definite feeling and there has been right away through comedy that a comedian walks on stage and he says isn't it funny that we all feel this but we don't feel that and everyone goes oh god he's right there <laughs> and aren't people like that a bit weird isn't this a bit strange and and when you're walking down the road and and aren't you know and when when they tell us to do this you know what the fuck does that mean um so <laughs> but and so so the the decoding and the explaining of contemporary life by um comedians has been a a great um uh way of marking uh existence for a lot of people and for people to make sense of a, a fairly nonsensical environment which is the world we live in at the moment because people because there's so much spin there's so much marketing and there's so much bullshit and post-truth to have comedians to stand there and go actually no 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 no, no. look take a look at it through this lens and everyone goes, oh, of course. And mm. there's a great sense of relief when a comedian actually, you know, rewrites the, uh, the bullshit and lets everybody have a good look at what's going down. Mm. But at the moment, nobody knows what's going down. Mm. You know, that's the kind of crazy thing. So how do we make sense of it? And, and it's in the same way as we've had, you know, the idea of movies being dystopian is somebody I mean, standing there um, just doing one liners going to work. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Just wondering, with all of the information flying around, you yeah. know, who are we going to listen to, and and yeah. and and what is going to constitute important content within a stand-up comedy set now? Yeah, yeah. To be honest, you you sound. I mean, it sounds so inspiring listening to you because I've talked to many comedians on this, and me myself. You know, it's like. It, it, you seem to be asking the questions and trying to answer them as well. How creativity is going to come out of this. And that's really fascinating to hear you so full of kind of creative ideas. Whereas a lot of us and a lot of comedians are actually just worried and, and not doing anything because they're thinking, well, let's wait and see. And they're not really writing anything because they're thinking, well, how... Uh, how, how are we going to come out of this? As you say, will one-liners work? Will will us saying, "Oh, isn't it awful when EasyJet is so terrible?" And everyone says, "No, it's not. We can f finally fly somewhere. That that shit just isn't funny anymore." So, I think that's the whole thing. Is 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 the is the we, we haven't found ourselves in a more fluid environment probably since the Second World War. I would mm. imagine it's a, a global um, fluidity. Which, which is, I mean, possibly even more so than, than the Second World War to some extent, because, you know, is there anywhere that isn't affected by it, you know, mm. really seriously affected by it? I mean, obviously people aren't dying and bombs aren't going off and there isn't, you know, there aren't scores of, of, of young people going out and being killed in, 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 in army uniforms. Mm. But 
nonetheless, I think the idea of actually um, just talking about it to an audience. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, obviously, as you say, you've got the audience have got to show up. But I think, you know, that that will be okay. I think that's going to, that's going to change. I don't think that the, the real terror that we're feeling at the moment, or some people are trying to push that this is the end of everything. I don't think it's going to happen because I think people, we, we are social beings and we need that. And I think at a certain point, people are going to say, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going out and I'm going to go and oh, sit yeah. in an audience and I'm going to laugh and I have a good time and I'll come home. And if I die, then Hey, you know? <laughs> but there's going to be a massive reaction to this. And we don't know what the reaction is. We don't know whether people are going to go out and go crazy. We don't know whether everyone's going to start taking drugs. We're going to, everyone's going to have having wild house parties. We don't know everyone's just going to just sit at home and say, well, actually, I've got used to staying and, and I don't want to spend the money and fritter all my money away on the things that I thought made me a real human being, which didn't. I think that's another really fascinating thing that's going on at the moment is because we've been taught by advertisers um, and marketing people over the last hundred and about 100 years that we are what we buy and we are what we do so if we do something that's cool then we believe that we will be respected by other people and if we dress in clothes that are expensive and we drive a nice car and we've got a big house and all of those things then we believe that for some reason or other that will make us into a person who is happier and more respected than somebody who lives in a smaller house and wears and and, and can't afford the things can't afford a skiing holiday and all this and now the amount of people who have found out that they are the proletariat who thought that they were the upper class people have <laughs> lost their businesses people have been yeah. completely wiped out by this you know have, have realized that we are a little bit um a little bit more like each other than they than we thought we were before but but more to the point you know is going out and being able to spend money all the time actually all it's cracked up to be i think you're right i i've never watched my money i've never watched um i've certainly never watched the the pennies but now i'm watching the pounds i'm watching everything that i spend but i'm optimistic i'm optimistic that uh, as you say people will come out well the thing is if you're pessimistic then you create a pessimistic world around yeah. yourself and pessimistic things will happen to you that's for sure i mean we yeah. know that but if you're optimistic and you're like, hey, you know, this is cool. The sky's clear. There's, there's really cool stuff going on. And, and I'm going to do this. And this is going to be, you know, how I'm going to use this time. Even if that using that time is doing nothing. Yeah. You know, because I think so many people have just been on the wheel for their entire adult life. Yeah. And, and, and they've never been able to take a break. They've got credit cards. They've got... You know, they've got to take their families on holiday. They're constantly, you know, pumping to try and create money to have the lifestyle that is supposed to make them into the person that they're supposed to be. And I think a lot of people are just, you know, maybe just thought, great, you know, I can actually just sit back and do nothing. And okay, mm. I lost a lot of money out of this. Mm. But maybe just to have a bit of downtime is, is quite, a, it's quite yeah. might, might going down quite well. And other people using it incredibly um, creatively and, and, and making things so yeah just yeah whatever you want to do can, can i yeah. maybe draw a parallel with the early part of your career which i'm sure many people will know about you know the massive success huge success global success and you know playing the main stage at glastonbury and you know you because you were talking about you know those those comedians or those artists who were huge and of course that was you that was you back in the 
back in the 90s. And then I heard you say that you went to Sussex and you just didn't write anything after that. I know today's obviously a completely different time, but I was just thinking a lot of people have gone from doing a lot, which you were doing a lot back in the 90s, to do, you know, to not having to do anything. And back well, in the 90s, you were creatively, you weren't writing, but now you just seem so full of ideas. And I like that. I like that parallel, really. I know it's a totally different scenario, and but I think yeah, a lot no, of no, but it, around I the mean, world are creatively devoid of inspiration at the moment. You know. Well, what they say, don't they, is like if there's a storm at sea, then you, you know, then the fishermen go back and they mend their nets. You know, yeah. and so I think <laughs> that um, from that perspective, I think that if people are just sitting, I mean, I'm built up to this. You know, I've, I've, I've been really doing a lot of work on getting myself moving and really sort of like uh, checking in with myself about the way that I think about things, about dealing with negativity, about all sorts of things. And, and mm. the result of which is, is my current sort of uh, creative situation. But yeah, said that sounds that, great. I am aware that last year I went out on tour and I came back and I was properly exhausted. And a lot of, you know, comedians know what it feels like. Well, you're so deeply, deeply exhausted that you can't do anything and mm. you, you can't think you just need to be quiet and you need to like take it easy for a month at least mm. um, in order to get back with yourself. But I think again, if people are sitting there thinking, I'm just going to wait and watch and see what happens, I think that's absolutely fine. And I think if people are just sitting there doing nothing at all, I think that's fine as well. Because the thing mm. is, if you are somebody, I mean, the only worry is, of course, is, is, is getting that motor started again can be yeah. a little bit difficult sometimes. But if you're confident that you can get your motor started again, to actually just sit quietly and to observe all of this and then allow the thoughts to start to present themselves i think that's just as good as going hell for leather because i think there is also something we're going to see um and is beginning to become apparent within this period of an, on the creative output level is a lot of people are just flinging shit out there <laughs> and, and i think i think you know there is there is a certain amount of wisdom i spoke to kevin allen yesterday um director of uh, twin town and he yeah. directed uh, Undermilk Wood that I wrote the screenplay for a few years ago with Reese Evans starring in it. And he said, I'm not doing anything. I'm, mm. I'm not doing anything. He's planning stuff and, and he's planning a, a movie and a TV series and all sorts of things. But he said, he was the one who actually switched me on to the, the thing that, that there's loads of people just, just to, I've got to get something out there. I've got to get <laughs> something out there. And I've got to, um, and I've got to uh, say that all proceeds are going to the NHS. And, uh, <laughs> and that's what I've got to do. And, and so there's a, there's a, there's a heap of stuff coming out mm -hmm. and, I don't, you know, and of course it's going to be a variable quality. So I think people actually keeping their powder dry is not necessarily a bad idea either. Yeah, great, great. You know, there are some uh, some of my colleagues just they seem to be online all the time, just like documenting their lives, um, even oh, though we're God, all kind yeah. of we're all kind of doing nothing, which is uh, I guess maybe overkill but then i just give everyone a massive amount of slack at this time i just like whatever you want to do mental health wise to get through this because that's the way some of them describe it like i need to be i need to for my own mental health be publicizing myself if that's what you need to do great well, comedians are on stage for a reason you know yeah. they need to be there yeah <laughs> they need to be there for their own mental health and that's why they do it a lot of them you know and so you take that away from comedians yeah, and so yeah, the, the the digital portal is quite lucky. Lucky because I don't think if it was here, what would they be doing? Be sh doing doing shows out of their windows to the uh, UPS driver. 
<laughs> yes, yes. So I'm, um, yeah, I'm at the lower end of that scale. I'm putting one or two things out, but yeah, being a little bit careful, but just thinking about what, uh, what I'm going to come up with out of this. But as you say, yeah, getting that motor ready, making sure that motor is ready and good to go, I think is... Uh, Good to, it's great. Um, well, it's great to hear you so, uh, so inspired and full of creative ideas. It is personally inspiring because, as I say, I hear a lot of comedians just pausing. And as you say, that is totally fine. But it's lovely to hear the opposite end of the scale and someone that's, you know, someone that's good to go. Great. Yeah. To end on, do you have any poetry that you've been thinking about or anything from the past you'd like to share with us? I love hearing your stuff. Well, I've got, I've got one which is fairly recent um, mm. and... Uh, yeah, it's a bit rambling, but I'll read it to you. It's called um, Jogging and Baking. Oh, thank you. Okay. <clears throat> yes, so it's all about staying busy and uh, baking and jogging. Yeah, jogging and baking and uh, sit-ups and baking and reading and baking, chatting to friends and then eating and baking, then going out jogging to jog off the baking, then getting back home and then going out shopping and queuing and baking and trying to make sense of the stuff that is happening and baking and jogging and listening to bulletins, then to the people repeat what they're saying over and over in strange newsy voices, then baking and jogging and trying not to feel gloomy and wondering just where the whole thing is going and jogging and baking and baking and jogging, then realising whole generations of people people went through so much worse but so very much longer and that was before the invention of jogging and they didn't even have the things that were needed for baking so feeling quite grateful for baking and jogging then going to bed and then dreaming of baking and waking each morning and asking somehow has it gone back to normal then seeing it hasn't and so jogging and baking and baking and jogging and jogging and baking and baking and jogging and jogging and baking some more So wonderful, man. Thanks so much. So we can get your stuff at Murray L. Young on Twitter. Is that the uh, best place? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've got a uh, uk website. And then, yeah, Twitter, Murray L. Y. And then um, Instagram, Murray L. Y. And Great, yeah. Facebook. And your new show, the is it called Ify Snay and the... Tandlesham Nook. Um, that that sounds, Are you still looking for people to assist in that creative process, youngsters? Yeah, we've 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 thrown out the uh, um, the baton to uh, sort of I think uh, seven plus year olds. Yeah, to, I have uh, I have kids in that age bracket, so I think that just falls into my sweet spot of uh, looking for the things to do for them. It looks uh, it looks amazing. Well, there's also um, uh, the Ministry of the Rattlesham Mumps, which is available free on SoundCloud. Um, and that's a 45 minute with a score by Arun Ghosh. It's a studio album and, uh, and he's a brilliant composer. And so we, we got together in uh, um, South London and we put together um, this 47 minute piece. Or was it 47? Something like that. But it's a, it's a gothic rhyming um, epic scary house comedy thriller um for all the family and so you know to to if people are getting a little bit weary of their screens they can go to soundcloud and hit on um the mystery of the rattlesham mumps murray lachlan young you know light a candle draw the curtains (laughs) and uh, and have listened to the uh the wild journey of a little boy called crispin who inherits on the double funeral of his parents in inherits uh, an enormous great uh, country house and finds himself alone with a hundred year old butler who begins to tell him the tales of the deaths of all of his uh, um, ancestors oh nice man it sounds so good my kids are going to love this so yeah i'm going to get them into it great thank you so much for joining me thank you so much what a what a what a pleasure what an honor to have you on here 
Well, pleasure. Thanks so much for having me and um, good luck in the coming, hopefully, not more than three weeks before we're all allowed to go out and start frittering our money away again. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Lots of love to you. Keep well, man. Yeah, you too, man. Take it easy. The amazing Murray Lachlan Young there. My goodness, he's so inspiring. So He's so mesmerising, so mesmerising to talk to and just mesmerising on stage. He's absolutely brilliant. You know, I can't wait to... Get back on the circuit and to go and watch him live, uh, as I say. So inspiring. And thank you to him and thank you to everyone for coming on this and just uh, for inspiring me. You know, everyone's... I look forward to this conversation so much every day. You know, as we said there, it's fine to do nothing. But if you are a creative person or if you're a person that just wants to do anything, I think being inspired by others is the way to go. And uh, so many people putting out some... Amazing stuff and some ropey stuff, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We're just getting through this in the best possible way. And uh, what better way than to try and put some funny stuff out there? You know, I got a uh, I got a troll the other day online, and uh, they were just saying something about just something was something was rubbish that I'd done. I'm like, dude, you know, a you don't realise I'm dead inside to criticism. I've been doing this seventy two years, but b out of this pandemic, is this what you've got? Is this what you've got? <laughs> trolling people and negativity. Oh my goodness. Listen back on the Glenwall episode about trolling. That was, uh, that's the way we will get our revenge on the trolls. My goodness. Love guys, love. And I love you for listening into the show today. If you want to give me more love, then you can go to my patron, patron.com slash Nathan Cassidy or coffee.com slash Nathan Cassidy or paypal.me slash Nathan Cassidy comedy. And you can support the podcast that way. But thanks so much. That is our show for today. Please listen back on all the daily shows, all the main shows. Please give us a five-star review. Psychomedy is produced by Mike Hansen at Pop People Productions. Check out psychomedy.co.uk for mental health tips from our counselling partners, threadup.co.uk. Check out their Twitter at threadup underscore for the for details of their free check-ins. I'm Nathan Casty. Lots of love to you all. Stay healthy, stay optimistic, and tune back in for more Psychomedy Daily Dose tomorrow.